This week, helping horses that are spooky and explosive. Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Mark, the first question is from Carla, and it's about a horse that is a little bit spooky, a 17-year-old warm blood who she was riding in windy and cool weather. He gets a little bit spooky away from the farm. So she worked him in a field where, where the horse could see the farm and where she had been working him for the last few days. She was consciously refocusing his thoughts to the barn and what she was asking through transition, standing and attempting through relaxation, backups and back up with a slow forward, sideways, etc. She was able to work him for about 30 minutes at a walk and a trot before he then completely overreacted and had a total meltdown. There was just no soft left in him. She did make it back to the barn, riding him at a walk and under normal rain contact, but he was just a long way from being relaxed. So she's wondering how you would have dealt with that situation. Um, yeah, because he's not a horse that is really familiar with you working for somebody else, um, yeah. I'm going to just just give you three scenarios, and this, these scenarios first to just get everyone thinking. Um, the things that I've seen or happened to me at clinics, and though we have the right intention and we're doing the right sort of things out there, uh, things can still go pear shaped. Um, I'll give you a scenario in Germany. I think the first time I went to Germany, I helped a horse. It was a really explosive warm blood, and I helped it on the ground because they were really worried about this horse going to the barn as it went, it went to the the barn or the stables outside. It would just be explosive on the ground and, and really, really frightened. So I sort of did some groundwork and helped it with that. And um, But my curiosity, because I said, oh, this horse is good to ride uh, in under saddle, um, in the arena, in the undercover arena. So I said, oh, well, can I see it, please? I'm curious because a horse that's that carries that much anxiety, I was thinking it can't be that good to ride because it's really a warrior. Uh, so anyway, the, the young the young girl got on the horse. She would have been about maybe 15 or 16. And I said, just ask, I just want you to do one simple thing. Can you just ask that horse to take stand still on a loose rein and then just take one soft step? That's all I want you to do. And within, you know, not not even a minute, I think, but but maybe say within minutes, the horse was kind of bouncing and really getting stressed and you know really worried, almost like it was could could rear up. And then I said, right, I've done, I've seen what I need to see. Thank you. And then I wanted to explain to her and her parents what I saw. And what I saw was a horse that goes into a bit of a pattern and sort of copes under pressure, but sort of just goes right. I'm going to go in my robotic phase, but asked to do something different. Um, it it really started to get anxious. Um, so that's just one scenario. Another scenario was a horse that I rode for somebody and, ah, oh, sorry, I was loaning the horse. This fellow said, oh, he said, I was doing a lesson with his wife and this was a fair for quite a few years ago now. I was going to ride out on a trail ride and just talk her through things you can do with her horse. Um, so he said, I'll give you my, you know, he's a quiet horse, this one. And he could do, you know, he was a nice quiet horse, but he was very sort of handled human sort of horse and, um, and I thought, yeah, I'll ride him. And I rode him out and I could feel his horse was just wanting to follow the other one. So I was just doing little exercises, just getting it to turn away and then come back. I wasn't even saying turn away and go over here and do 101 things. I was just saying, can you turn away from that horse and just come back and follow? 
while I was talking her through her lessons. And uh, anyway, what happened was is he started to hop and like, I think he's going to drop his head and buck this horse. He's going to really go to town. I thought, this is his quiet horse. So basically what I was doing, I was asking something different of that horse, what he wasn't used to. And he was so used to having his thoughts on what gave him confidence, which was the other horse and following it, that trying to interrupt his thoughts and break that sort of pattern that he was used to made him really sort of, now, the funny thing was is he was showing his worries through just getting angry. And this is where the story sort of gets gets a bit worse. So I managed to get him home riding with her, and I just thought, well, I'm just going to have to let him follow because there's not much I can do out here and to try and train this person or help her with her horse. So I've just got to survive myself. So I get back to the to the you know, where I'm going to get off him. And he was so upset that I, that I was just trying to make him do something different. And by that time, I just sat on him as a passenger and I was just going, I just want to get, get home. I wasn't, I wasn't asking a lot. I'm a pretty quiet rider and I wasn't using a lot of legs. By the time I got to the corner, back to where I got off him, he was trying to smash me into the fence. He was kind of backing me and rubbing me up the side and he was just trying to, like, almost pull me off to say, get off me. Um, and... I'm thinking, geez, I've never had that on a quiet horse before. <laughs> you know, I've had horses that want to do that. But what it was, was he got so used to his little pattern of doing the ride where we sit on as a passenger and, you know, ride. And then when I asked something slightly different of him, and it wasn't a lot of pressure, I was just well, obviously asking him to follow a rein. That's the only thing I was asking him to do, just follow a rein away. But he got so offended and worried by that, that he said, stop interfering with my thoughts and get out and stop you know, and, and just get off me, like, um, so, so it was like, and I had to sort of get, pick the right spot to get off him, because he was almost, you know, backing into the fence, doing all these sort of things, um, to, to, to say, I, I, I need you off so I can do what I normally do, and he felt a bit like a horse that was almost like a potty-raised horse, you know, really, really quiet and friendly and all that sort of thing, and just about do it, do, do most things they handle most things around you but when you say interrupt uh, his his um his decisions he, he was he was really cranky about that so why i've gone on this big sort of loop what well, i've seen it a lot of times that a horse can be anxious away from home but if you kind of do what it's normally used to and just kind of let it have its thoughts for home and kind of put up with that and just kind of steer it in a certain direction you'll kind of sometimes get back home safely but if you try and actually soften that horse interrupt its thoughts tell it to let go of those things and say hey i need you with me it can be quite confronting to that horse and suddenly it's almost like too much information i'm i'm, I'm, I'm sort of not sure um this is not normal um, because a lot of those horses <clears throat> have always got their mind somewhere else. They're not really centred. And when we ask for centering, we're actually asking, we're holding the reins for longer. We're asking the question till the horse lets go of something. And because they've never let go of something, they, they want to hang on to it and they, and, they, and they get really sort of flustered about it. So that's why the horse would have sort of gone so long, maybe feeling soft and then going, no, 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 I'm out of here. I, I'm, I'm suddenly going to tap out, okay? Just like those scenarios that I just explained of horses that I've come across uh, when you ask something different of them or expect something different of them. So how I would have dealt with a horse like that, so going back and riding that horse again, you have to go back to the, the basic training again and, and say, okay, I'm going to take, because obviously the first the first thing that was the biggest problem was the horse was anxious in the wind and the, and the weather. And you, so, you, so you did a good thing by riding it sort of a little bit away from the barn and, and, and not taking it too far away. But something that would have been good was 
uh, showing the horse that if it can get out away from the barn, you're going to take it home. So I, I would have probably, you know, structured a lesson where I'm actually riding it out and then bringing it back. So the horse has a, uh, it, it goes back to safety, has a bit of a letdown, and then you lead it out again. It can take it up out into that sort of, oh, I'm a bit emotional, then you lead it back. And, and so you're showing that horse, I'm leading you back until it just gets a bit softer underneath you and you've ridden it, you know, maybe that half an hour of going out and back, the horse is going up a bit and then down a bit, up a bit and then down a bit and it starts to go, oh, this is okay, I'm starting to find, I'm starting to feel a little bit better. Um, but maybe really close to the barn, I'd experiment as how strong the horse's thoughts are when it's still in a fairly safe environment that it's not really, really anxious. So I'd say... You know, can you let go of that forward thought and back up and softly? Thank you. Can you let go of that left thought and turn to the right? Thank you. And when the horse lets go of that, it follows the rein. It's, and once it's got an understanding and commitment to those reins and it starts to feel good about that, then you take it out a bit further and then bring it back. Because if that horse has been ridden in a certain way in certain patterns where it's just followed other horses or done a bit of a pattern and sort of managed uh, and you start to ask a bit more, that's when it kind of gets a bit sort of too much for the horse. So though you're doing the right thing by sort of wanting to commit to get some softness, get that horse to have a thought change to help it through, a horse that you, um, that's probably used to certain patterns, might that needs to happen over a, a sort of maybe longer period of time, uh, like you were treating it as a young horse that you're taking on its first rides out and, until the horse understands that it can follow a feel and soften with you and not hang on to its ideas because some of those horses have hung on to those ideas for years and and as long as they're half going towards their thought and given a bit to us they can cope but if you say i want to take all that off you for a second and let go of that so you can actually not stay braced all the time they go no 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 i've not never done that before um so you've you've got to sort of go back and work on the basic things in the safe area, do they work, and then slowly expose that horse into those dangerous situations again out, out in the paddock. Brilliant. That was a great answer. Thank you, Mark. Hope that helps, Carla. No, so do I. Okay, so moving on to explosive horses then, which I mentioned at the beginning. This is a question from Jonathan. He has a horse that explodes, and um, he used to explode in every direction. I'm not quite sure what an explosion means, but it doesn't sound good. Anyway, now he only explodes forwards, uh, kind of into a bolt. Definitely doesn't sound good. Uh, she's done, he's done some work recently with him, similar to a video that you recently put on, Mark, teaching a rearing horse an alternative, and it has helped. But the difficulty is stimulating him with trouble from behind using the flag um, so it's obviously just that's 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 the problem he's getting used to the flag and he's having trouble getting him to a level where he searches for a good answer when he does use it yeah. sometimes he stands him with his back to the road so that when trucks go by well they can kind of do what the flag can't do have you got any thoughts on that yeah so it's a good idea because because when i talk about the flag and i um I have a joke with people about it. You know, people think, oh, I'm using a flag. And it's like, well, I don't know, that's just a kangaroo on the end of a stick or a, or a B-double or on the end of a stick, a B-double, like a semi-trailer, uh, something that scares the horse. And, and, and what we're trying to do is work out what the horse does when it's mildly scared or, you know. Um, and, and in that, um, in the video that, has obviously helped a little bit the, the helping the rearing horse with anxiety was I was using the flag in a way that said here's something that scares you um, 
what are you going to do? And the horse goes, I'm going to freeze, I'm going to freeze, and I'm going to just go boom. And I said, well, actually, that's just a little wriggle of a flag and you're freezing and overreacting. So basically your your response to something small is out of proportion. So it's trying to put a proportioned or accurate response in the horse. So the horse is accurately um, doing something according to the level of danger in the threat that's applied. So, and that's why we go around and, and do that with horses. So if, uh, for instance, your horse, um, the flag, obviously it's maybe, and there's two reasons which I'll get to in a second, but say for instance, uh, the response now is to shoot forward, you know, sort of explode forward. If I took the sort of, if a scary thing comes out behind your horse that's to most situations not so scary and your horse perceives it as super scary, it's going to shoot out and go boom. So its response to that danger is way out of proportion. It's going to sort of heightened flight response over nothing. It's like the elephant jumping up on a chair when it sees a mouse walk through the room. It's like, why would an elephant be scared of a mouse? It's just its perception of danger. So a lot of horses that have been disempowered through desensitizing and stuff, we have to go and reopen their perception to danger so they can make accurate, thoughtful decisions around threat. And that's what empowers them to feel softer uh, and feel, feel, feel more um, able to deal with situations when there's little bits of scary things or bigger scary things around them. So if the flag has stopped, so there's two reasons why the horse may have stopped responding to the flag. The first reason is just going, oh, it's a flag, I'm not scared of it at all. So because the horse is not scared of the flag at all, then you can't sort of put a threat behind it and see how it's going to react because it doesn't see the flag as a threat. So yes, you've got the horse comfortable with a flag, much like you would have to get the horse comfortable with a saddle blanket. But we don't want the horse comfortable with the object. We want to find an object that makes the horse a little bit wary and see if it can respond accurately with the what the object's doing. So having the horse's back towards a car driving past or something, and if it gets a little bit spooked, but then it goes, oh, I can turn a little bit and maybe look at the car, or I can do something, then it's showing you that when there's something spooking the horse from behind, it can make more of an accurate, softer decision under pressure than a um, than just run away. And I, I just perceive that as, as super dangerous and take off. Um, so basically, by allowing your horse to move away from danger in different positions, you've probably softened your horse a lot, but it's less less likely to shoot forward off certain things. But obviously, by the sounds, it's still in there. So um, yes, you in your training environment, you have to be able to sort of gently turn your horse's rump to things that may bother it, and then give it an alternative, which is not running away. So it could be just turn your rump to sort of the tractor driving past, and 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 maybe give the horse enough rope that instead of shoot away forward it can turn back around and just face the object and have a look at it and then just go oh the tractor's not chasing me why should i run away from it it's just driving past so i don't have to shoot away so that could be just from random things that are happening out in the background until you can actually start to get the horse to follow the feel so then after a while of letting the horse move around look at the scary object you can then say now follow the feel of the rain I'm going to turn you a little bit towards the object, then I'm going to turn you away again so the horse can actually bring its rump back towards the thing it was scared of and go, oh, I didn't die, and the rain led me to a better feeling. So the rain gives the horse a more softer 
mental and physical response that follows the rain, gets it to let go a bit of worry because the rain has always been a pathway to the horse softening and feeling good. So if you've got your reinsmanship and you, you, your rope, your rope, you know, your leading going well, you've got more of a chance to lead the horse when it gets a bit tight, like it's going to, you know, take off, lead the horse into something different, which makes it feel better. But all in all, you still want the horse to make a good response when there is no rain there. You want it to know that, oh, unless something's coming at me like a semi-trailer going to run me over, it's not at me, it's not personal. So um, it's okay. And that's where I sort of, there's a big conflict with me and I talk about driving pressure as a lot. As some people say, I'm going to make you not scared of this and I'm going to chase you with it. And then the horse goes, well, how am I supposed to perceive the level of threat in things when I'm constantly asked to run away from it? So, you, you, you know, when you've got to be careful with that. So the other thing I do a lot of, which, which I think is really important, is going back to your guiding your horse from behind. Because once you've done a lot of that, then the horse feels pressures from behind as well. So this is where I'd go back to long reining and stuff. You know, you do a good sort of week or so of just getting that horse in the long ropes around its back end. You'll find the horse will just go, oh, this is easy. I can have a person. I can have pressure. I'd be put in all these different eye angles and I've survived and I've softened. And then all of a sudden, all that sort of shooting forward will kind of dissipate because the horse will just be empowered with more education and have more tools and exposed without feeling like it's gone to that flight response all the time. So, you know, let the horse lead out, follow it, walk, work from the hip with one rein for a while. Make sure you've handled it over with a long stick or something. Put a rope around its back end before you put the long reins around. Find any really tuck tail responses in there that you might sort of not, you know, you might might have missed or something. And then once you're in that position that you can get that horse to lead out ahead, then just put the long reins behind before you start doing forwards. You know, you might spend two or three sessions just saying back up, uh, follow the reins around so the horse is staying in between the reins, moving its hind feet in between the reins to find centre, both directions, until the horse can is just can back up towards you, towards the field, have pressure around its back end, not be frightened. And then when the horse is really loose and really comfortable, then third, fourth, fifth day, you might just say, now just I'm going to put you in a tight bind where the horse is circling and just turn that circle, whether it's just staying in between the reins and then start to move forward in that circle till it just leads out into a forward movement and then yeah that's going to help them as well a lot i find that one's a really good one for anything back down their sides um prior to that if if, if the long reining was too much you might go back into just the leading by lessons and find it if there's any points there where the horse is scared of you down the side that you've got to sort of still you know work over um and then, yeah, work on that and, and also just if there's anything you miss there. But, but yeah, all in all, all that stuff there, you know, to, to think about will, will sort of to help. But you are doing the right thing by being able to expose it to, to things that may scare it from behind. As long as it's free to do something that's an alternative to running off and then after that it can follow a feel into a better feeling and you can offer it that pathway to help it through that situation. Fantastic. All right, the last question for today, Mark, is from Beth, and it's all about her horse, Badger. Um, I'm not familiar with Badger, but I hope you remember Badger. She, uh, you saw her in April, and you taught her a technique to get Badger to move forward. Once he's moving forward, if she asks him to increase his pace or change direction, he stops and walks backwards. She's wondering what she is doing wrong. Um. 
Badger is he he fits into the category of one of those stoic sort of shut down horses that, um, yeah, he's very very like hmm, I'm not thinking I'm just going to think over there and I don't search and he just goes into his shell quite a lot. So I think that's what we did at the last clinic. If I can <laughs> uh, remember, I won't remember everything, but the one I think we worked on was just steering him, just because he was so tight in the front and steering is just stiff. So I said, well, there's no point trying to kick him forward and too much with the legs and get him to go forward. We've got to get him to just trust moving forward and searching because every time you put pressure from behind him, you've got to suck back on pressure and just, I don't want to go. And that's what's happening. The pressure's coming from behind. So if I went up behind you and poked you, if you didn't know I was there, poked you in the back like that, you go, what's behind me? So when we poke a horse with our legs, it brings the thoughts back as well. So the biggest thing with Badger was to try to, get him to search and go forward and and what I want to look for like don't think about him going forward as such as saying right now I've done that I want to go forward you might have to ride him with the reins for a little bit longer to actually see him going yeah I'm going over there and I'm going over there and I'm you know I'm going towards the gate and the gate might be the place that I originally liked and I was stuck there but if you turn me away from the gate oh I'm going over there and and he starts to prick those ears and start to kind of go I'm going forward I'm going forward okay um, now what's going to happen once he's going forward because you haven't used your legs to go forward on him he's going to as soon as you use your legs he might suck back and go what are those legs I've always hated those legs and now I'm going to tell you about it um, maybe once upon a time he's too frightened to tell people before he got him that I don't understand and don't like legs now he's probably telling you he doesn't like him or they're making him think backwards so um, but with him once he's free and open and he's trying to go in new directions he's not completely just stuck and just going oh, I can't do this with the reins um, so so I guess what I'm saying is Explore the reins a little longer until you can see him really opening up his thoughts. He might be going in different directions, but still crawling and still a little bit emotionally stuck. Um, so maybe look into it a little longer until you see a little bit more, do a bit more research into where his mind is. Is he really thinking and traveling or is he just still just kind of just crawling along? But if he's traveling a little bit better, there'll still always be a direction that's more beneficial for him. Okay, so in a horse that's been really beaten like not beaten but you know just burdened by pressure all their life and you know whatever they've done you know whatever's happened to him um you know we have to be careful that we make it a fairly good idea and it's a bit beneficial for him to sort of you know to to to, to go forward so with him i'd really set up the situations where i'd find a stronger direction for him and i'd say Righto, now that you've led me up to this end of the arena, I know that's that's the way we go out sometimes and that's the way, you know, some there's some things over there that you like. It might be your friends, it might be where you get fed, who knows. And that's the direction I'd say, now let's, let's get going, let's go, let's go a bit faster. So I'd only maybe for a little while go in the direction that is more desirable for him um, until he's going, oh, yeah, go forward to the legs. And after maybe so many transitions, legs mean think forward, then you can start to maybe, as long as he can leave that direction, so obviously you're going to go back to the reins, and as long as when you say now let go of that magnet or whatever, it's not we don't want to make it too strong of a magnet, but when you say let go of that direction, you turn him and he goes, yeah, I can still walk up the other end of the arena or up the other end of the paddock. Um, then you, you, know, you do acceleration in a good direction. After so many transitions, he's going to go, 
he said yes to the legs, yes to the legs, yes to the legs. And then slowly but surely you can incorporate a different angle. So instead of going exactly away from the way he wants to go, you might just go across and say speed up across here. Now I'm going to turn you back to your direction. And then soon enough after 50 yeses in going sort of slightly alternative directions, he's going, he's going to start to forget that legs go, oh, here are those legs, what do they want me to do? They want me to go, I don't know what to do. Um, he's going to go, oh, that's right, they mean go forward. And then soon enough when he's free in the reins and you can think in every direction, soon enough you'll be able to squeeze him away from a direction that could be more beneficial to him because every direction will start to become more emotionally equal anyway. Um, and he'll go way easier. But for a horse like them that's been kind of probably, you know, battered until he was shut, just shut down, you have to be careful that you just don't bully him through because that may have happened in the past anyway and that's why he's like that. And it's easy, like someone might come to a clinic and say, oh, I could get the horse to the other end of the arena, you know, in 10 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, well, so could I. But I want the horse to take me to the other end of the arena. That's the difference. And the horse has been, and then I'd say, well, the horse has been ridden for 15 years and it still won't walk to the other end of the arena. So why are you at the clinic? <laughs> it's one of those things. And, and it's because the horse has been bullied and made to go where people want it to go that they've lost that desire. So, you know, a couple of hours or a couple of weeks of getting them to build desire or even a couple of months to build desire is n not worse than 15 years of taking away all desire in a horse and then finding out you have to kind of get the horse to sort of take you places instead of just pushing it places. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, to um, to, to understand that getting the horse to get tap into what you're asking it to do as opposed to just getting the horse to do something, which is what we're all about. All right, thank you very much for your questions, everybody. And thank you, Mark, for your answers. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Jenny. You can learn more from Mark and his approach online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. Join hundreds of others around the world making real progress, fixing problems and improving their relationship with their horses. There are now over 500 training videos. Make use of the seven-day free trial and take a look. Membership is just $15 a month and you get to ask Mark a question.